actually did just terrible today. I'm so sorry. I'm not married to him anymore. It's so freaking awesome. Do you know more about the Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV gossip, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. So come along with me, your host Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Is this thing on? Do you remember me? I am so happy to be back with a new episode, finally, of Adventures in Reality TV. Remember me, your host, Catherine. Um, It is so exciting that we have a new season of Sister Wives here. Woo, woo, woo. Got me out of my podcasting slumber. Um, Yeah, I had to take a little hiatus this summer just to kind of take a break, slow down, deal with some personal stuff. And, you know, seeing the trailer for new sister wives come out last month really it felt like ah this is a shepherding back to the mic to talk about the fuck nuts that are the brown family um and you know the other reality tv gossip and hot mess that i like to cover in in various realms you know today um i mean i i was thinking before i was going to record this episode man there's so many things I could bring up. I, just in this last week, you know, with this whole, you know, Raquel and Bethany stuff coming out, uh, for people who aren't well aware, Bethany, who, um, was a Real Housewife of, Real Housewife of New York and now has made a career out of hating Bravo, just had Rachel, aka Raquel Levis on her podcast, uh, about six months too late and, you know, I guess that was a an interview that happened. I will not listen to it, but, you know, it's there for anybody that wants to. <laughs> Look at me giving a promo for Bethany within the first five minutes of my episode. <laughs> Don't fucking listen to it. Keep listening to this. Anyways, um, you know, and so there's always new stuff popping up with Vanderpump Rules. Um, there has been a lot of good housewife stuff that's been happening over the summer, Um, I want to take a moment to talk about Real Housewives of New York City, these new group of gals that have just stormed into my heart, frankly. I am really, really enjoying this new cast that they have um, given us. It's just such a nice refresher of the show. And don't get me wrong, I love quintessential Real Housewives of New York. I love the... You know, the times with Ramona and Sonia being annoying together. Well, I take back my Ramona part, but I always loved Sonia, Countess Luann. Um, I loved Dorinda, those classic. I always thought um, Carol was a fun vibe until she kind of got a little high on her horse. Just, I always really enjoyed those ladies, but eventually it kind of got to be stale. And... Also, I think people wanted to see a different depiction of New York. The women, I, sure, they're very entertaining. They know how to keep it going, keep it fun. But the New York ladies that we have now are just, they're a younger vibe. They give a more lively vibe to New York that seems more 
about nightlife and the trendy places to eat. And instead of, it almost feels, I don't want to say old money with the the other New York cast, but just older money, if you know what I mean. And I'm sounding so ageist when I'm talking about this, and I don't mean it that way. They're like, oh, old ladies, they can't be interesting or whatever. Because um, that's not true. But I do think it's interesting almost how out of touch with New York these ladies seem. Now, I'm saying this as someone who's never been to New York, but when I'm watching people that live in New York, I can tell, mm, that's the kind of New York that I would be in, or that's the kind of New York I wouldn't be in if I were rich and could afford those types of New York experiences. And I really feel that with this new batch of ladies, they've really, like, gotten a good... I don't know, just a, a good sampling of just, I don't want to say boss ladies because it's such a terrible term. I hate that term, boss bitch, but of just some like powerful, hot, up and coming ladies. Well, not up and coming, but just, yeah, more fresh, lively, young faces of New York. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I love every single one of them, <clears throat> Bryn, but... I am enjoying them at least, and I'm enjoying them a lot more than I have been like Ramona for the last, you know, five years or so. Um, it's also fun to see how much this is upsetting Bethany because she, at one point, was trying to pitch a show to Bravo, but then it didn't go through is what my understanding is, and now she's trying to make the, she's trying to start some sort of collective bargaining group with reality stars. And don't get me wrong, I'm pro-union pro in this area, but I don't know if I'm pro-Bethany's union, if you know what I mean. Anyways, enough of that. I wasn't even expecting to mention her name that much in this episode. <laughs> so, just a brief overview of the cast, um, and then we'll get into other stuff. But we have uh, Jessel, who is one of the... She's the first British... Indian housewife. People keep saying Indian American. I'm like, well, no, she's actually British. She's from the UK. And she is very much the quintessential, like, wants her kids to be in the best school so that they can be rubbing elbows, making connections, all of that type of stuff. She has had this big beef. Well, not beef, but uh, her thing that's come up is that her and her husband haven't had sex in a year and a half. Pretty much since she's had her twins conceived well no not conceived um since she's had her twins essentially and all of the ladies are just like beside themselves about this They're like oh my god she just needs to get dicked down uh, you know i think that's a little bit like none of their business it seems like the husband is fine with it and gets it you know i don't know so they have an interesting storyline i definitely don't see her as being it's interesting a lot of people aren't liking her in this season. Um, she kind of doesn't have a lot of self-awareness about what she's saying. Um, and that makes a great housewife. And also what makes a great housewife is somebody that like has amazing connections and has like the editor-in-chief of Vogue come to their house parties. You know, so we get a lot of that with Jessel that she like needs to put her foot in her mouth, but also... 
is running in like an amazing circle of people in New York. <laughs> you know. Then we have, who was I going to talk about? Oh, Sai. Sai is a influencer that lives in a chic-ass brownstone in Brooklyn. And she is definitely, she's a self-described, like, around-the-way girl. She grew up in Brooklyn and used to admire the people living in those, you know, tree-lined streets with the brownstones. And, like, now that's her. And she's definitely one of those that, like, knows the trends and style that gets, you know, looks and gets people to follow her on Instagram. So, like, she is getting all sorts of, you know, um, PR packages from brands and she's doing all these types of, like, sponsored content and just, I mean, frankly, looks amazing doing it. She, funnily, also has twins and her twins are much more mellow than, uh, (laughs) than, um, size it seems like or then i'm um, sorry jessels which just kind of makes me laugh but yeah she like um definitely has some like zesty little mean girl energy to her but also is like very funny knows how to keep it new york and i i'm really enjoying her Sai, i think is one of my favorites of this new cast um and then we have um oh my god i'm I'm not writing, I should have wrote a list down about this. Oh, Erin. Erin is a real estate developer. She is a born and raised New Yorker. uh, Born and raised very privileged New Yorker, clearly. And it's kind of funny. She makes herself out to be like this kind of self-made, you know, worked her way up from the, the bottom kind of person, even though like her father probably is good friends with Donald Trump uh, because her family worked in commercial real estate in New York City. So, you know, it also explains some of the news about how she donated to Donald Trump's Stop the Steal campaign. However, then she made a statement saying like she doesn't support Stop the Steal. It's all very, very confusing. But anyways, um, you know, Politics aside, I I don't really want to get into that because it's not very relevant on the show. It hasn't been, like, mentioned or, like, really been in context on the show. Um, She does make an interesting housewife. She does keep the plot moving a lot of times. Like, she's, she's good for, like, being upset for a beef and then moving on quickly to, like, get on to the next thing. And her and another housewife, Bryn, who I'll just talk after this tend to be, like, butting heads during this season a lot. Um, But then they also are, like, quick to kind of, like, buddy-buddy up and be cheeky with each other for the sake of, you know, good TV. But, yeah, Erin is somebody who, yeah, has grown up in the rough-and-tumble New York, but probably with a very nice silver spoon in her mouth, and now also does, like, interior design and real estate in the city. And she has a husband, she's been married for 10 years to a guy named Abe, and they show their, like, anniversary party on this season, that was the most recent episode, um, and it's just like, whoa, this is a chic-ass New York event. Just, I mean, the venue that they have, it's like an old bank turned into this banquet hall with, I mean, just floor-to-wall glass ceiling oh my god it's just gorgeous just gorgeous and that is I mean this is the type of New York City parties that I'm loving in in the housewives 
And we also get introduced to um, so much, like, I, I don't know, just the apartments, the different areas of the Hamptons they go to now. It's it's just a much different style than the old New York. Um, you know, I feel like Real Housewives of New York original was camp in a lot of ways. Uh, like, camp housewives. And this is much more... I, and I don't want to say the first housewives weren't aspirational in terms of like, wow, look at their wealth, look at all this. But these are just, it's a different type of, you know, relevant aspiration, I think now. Uh, much more trendier and not so much of like, ah, yes, Ramona, the woman that's worked for 40 years in the textile industry, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's Cy, who is a trendy influencer in Brooklyn, or Aaron, who's like a 36-year-old trendy um, interior designer that lives in like the Lower East Side, that type of stuff. So I, I'm sure people are going to come from my fucking head and be like, well, I was a New York original was the best. And okay, I get it. I enjoyed it too. Um, all right, so we've gone through Jessel, uh, Cy, Aaron. Oh, Bryn. <laughs> so yeah. Bryn, um, she is not my cup of tea. <laughs> Bryn tries too hard, plain and simple. I, I just don't, you know, I don't get it. I think, how do I put this? Bryn knows that she needs to secure herself a spot on this show. She knows what it takes to make good TV, but I think she's just a little obvious with it, you know, you know? Um, she's a flirt. Fine. I love a flirt. I'm a flirt, but I'm, I don't know. Not really, but I don't care if a woman flirts. That's fine. I'd like to see it on TV too. Like Sonia was a huge flirt and we loved it from her. Um, but with this, we just, we know it's just trying too hard. We know it's because she's being portrayed on TV. Like she knows that the shtick she's going to get is, oh, she's the flirt. She's the fun, sassy one. And She's leaning heavy into it. Now, I will say in one of the episodes, um, not this most recent, but the one before, we get some backstory and some more authentic type of personality from Bryn. And she goes into how she had like a pretty traumatic childhood. Um, and she grew up biracial and really didn't have a lot of access to black women and black culture until she was introduced to um, a black hairstylist through her grandmother taking her. And, you know, I thought that was so interesting. I thought it was interesting how she talks about like, you know, she does have to be, she always felt like she had to be the most funny, the most clever, the most cute a person in the room so that she could like stay she didn't want to be you know taken from home or just had a lot of that type of like abandonment trauma and I thought that was such a compelling story and it's not saying oh every housewife has to have this like you know tear jerking drama for me to actually care but it was like oh now you're being real now you're showing a side of your personality while you're telling this story that is much more genuine. Instead of her pulling up in this like fake fur, pretending to be like Rocky or something, hitting on every dude that she sees because she knows like I'm on camera and I just need to like make it look like I'll fuck anything that walks type of thing. And when you just are kind of like, you don't, you don't need to be like that. You're, 
you're really charming just being normal, you know? Um, and so maybe Brynn will watch this season and she'll be like, oh, I am trying too hard. Maybe she'll notice that. Because I do think she can be really funny and she could be like a good zest of silliness and like a way to like pop the ego bubbles of a lot of these women. But I think also she, I don't know, it, it's hard to put into words. It, it's just like, shine on your own. Don't, don't force it so much, you know? I don't, that's hard, whatever. All right, and then let's move on to Uba. I love Uba. Uba is an amazingly gorgeous, most beautiful fucking woman you've ever seen. She's a model and is very quirky and funny. And I like, it's funny, I I find Uba's personality and the way that she's like so unapologetically silly way more palatable than I do with Brynn. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think. I'm like, Catherine, what's your biases? What is your problem? I don't know what it is, but Uba is just more genuinely likable to me than Brynn is. Um, I loved when she was like coming up with her hot sauce, Uba Hot. And, you know, what a perfect name. And, you know, her intro when she's talking about like chocolate darling, like she's just She's so funny. Her lines about how, you know, she's talking about, like, I need to get something to eat. I need to go to provisions. And, of course, they're not open because it's the Hamptons in October. You know, just that type of stuff I find just so funny. Um, You know, we don't... I, I feel like she's almost like a friend of. And now, you know, there was a housewife, I think her name was Lizzie, that they originally were planning to film, but... She had gotten into some heat, apparently based on something like her husband had posted, something like that. Maybe some N-words were thrown, allegedly is what I'm thinking and what I remember hearing. And so Bravo gave her the, you know, old nicks on that. And so Uba, I think, maybe was like supposed to be a friend of, but now was incorporated more. And so it, like... It almost seems like we don't get as much, like, at-home footage with her as we do with the other women. But I find her really enjoyable. I think she's a good time and like, just in a genuine way. Unlike Brynn. Brynn just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Maybe it's because she has red hair. No, I'd sound bad. I'd be silly. Okay, now the last one I want to talk about, everyone's favorite and probably like the big get that got everybody's attention about this cast. And they were like, oh, wait, they got her? Miss Jenna Lyons. And if you don't know who Jenna Lyons is, um, you know who J. Crew is. And so she was the president and like head bitch of design at J. Crew for like 15 years. So she is the person that created all those kind of like denim preppy trends. She's got all of the fashion sense. Um, she's like, like the epitome of cool. And that, and I think when I'm talking about how the ladies are so on trend and just like give such a better vibe of what New York is now, what to be like a hot, rich, you know, and, and like shoot, Jenna Lyons is 55. So it's not even like she's some like, 25 year old influencer like this woman has been working in the fashion industry in a legit fashions the legit fashion industry of new york for 25 30 years so like 
yeah, she is what we know is cool and has been, like, sustained cool in the city. Um, and yeah, she's just fucking interesting. She's, her apartment, oh my god. Talk about, like, being fucking rich. When you can just make, like, half of your New York City apartment a closet. And it's, like, perfectly hardware finishes. Oh my god. I, when I was looking at that, um, the episode where they go to her house for a party, I was just like, oh, I would date Jenna Lyons so I could go over to her house all the time. I'm just saying it. Anyways, I'm a bad person. Um, and yeah, we also learn a lot about Jenna's upbringing. Um, her mother was on the autism spectrum. I think her mother, she said, had Asperger's and it really explains she's like she had a lot of emotional aloofness and didn't quite have like social awareness and stuff like that and we hear a lot how that's kind of like affected jenna um i also just love she is obsessed with cheese and dairy which same as a girl from the midwest same <laughs> oh yeah Anyways, wow, I didn't realize I'm already talking for like 20 minutes about Real Housewives in New York. And so, yeah, I just kind of wanted to spitball a little bit, talk about the ladies and what I've been thinking about the cast so far. I think, yeah, it's episode five that just came out today. And I'm really enjoying all the episodes so far. I'm all caught up. Uh, and I'm just here for the ride, baby. I really hope that they keep a majority of the cat like... Even as much as I don't like Brynn, I would still like to see her come back for a second season. I think I would like to see all of these women come back for a second season. I don't think we need any replacements. Um, just some refinements in um, presentation, you know? I I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Anyways, let's get into Sister Wives. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of you know Sister Wives is my bread and butter I am the sister wife scholar, the purveyor of polygamy, as one may say, and I'm very excited that we have a new season that just came out. Uh, I will say, though, this first episode, it's building. I think it's building for what this season is going to be, because we know we're going to have a head-to-head, -head, a big butt from what we saw from the trailer, a big butting of heads with Janelle and Cody, um, and then we're going to see... Mary, I think, kind of lay it out to Robin, being like, dude, I'm trying, and fucking Cody doesn't want it. He doesn't. What are we going to do, sweetheart? <laughs> Type of thing. Um, The one thing I'm so mad, and I'll keep mentioning, I probably will mention this a lot during the episode, because as I was taking notes during the episode, I was thinking to myself, we are fucking a year and, be a, year and a half behind. It is August... 2023 as I'm recording this episode which you know obvious I think in this episode they are talking about Christmas of 2021 they are talking about over a year and a half ago I how did this happen how did they get so far behind because they filmed all through COVID so what I I need them to just say, you know what? We skipped ahead. Fuck it. Um, or just give us, like, no stopping in episodes. Like, fine. Just give us 50 episodes in a season. They need the money. I don't know. It's, 
But I'm just, I'm really frustrated because it's like, you're talking about stuff that it doesn't even fucking matter in this family anymore. Like, this family is so far gone. Things are so different in this family now. Christine is about to get fucking married, people. Christine was just this past week in Europe, gallivanting through Scotland and Wales and fucking Ireland with her kids and her beau David. She doesn't know, she doesn't remember Christmas of 2021 at this point. I don't even remember Christmas of 2021 at this point. So why am I having to watch it on TLC? I mean, they're still talking about COVID tests at this point. And it's like, Cody, are you fucking kidding me? Go get fucking vaccinated. Oh, okay. Let me, let me just, let's get into the episode, shall we? So we open up this shot with a drone. Well, we open up this episode with a drone shot of Cody's truck driving on up to Janelle's RV and we find out that he is helping her get the trailer ready for for winter storage you know and so we last left the brown family with christine leaving moving up to uh utah and we even get some new intro music We've gotten new kind of graphics in the intro vibe. You know, there's cracks in between each of the wives, but then there's two cracks among Cody and Robin, meaning they're still together. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, that's where we're at. And remember, Janelle had her RV. Well, turns out having insulation in the winter is uh, a lot nicer. So she's getting it ready for winter storage. And Cody says in a talking head that the state of the family is strained, to say the least. And in his words, it's like a civil war. I'm not sure when this was, again, I'm not sure when this was fucking filmed. But Cody says that him and Mary haven't functioned in a marriage for seven to eight years. Seven to eight years. So if this was 2021, that has been since like 2013. Ten years by now. They haven't functioned. And so the way he literally talks about Mary is just like, yeah, she's, you know, she's just around still. And then him and Janelle are strained. Yeah, no shit. And Cody says the holidays are coming up and, you know, he's not sure what they're going to do since no one is talking in this family. And so um, we get another background about the, the RV situation with Janelle Again, like I said, it must be nice having insulation. So that's why Janelle wants to go and live in an apartment in town. And they are winterizing the camper. I guess they said they're taking it down south to be winterized. I, I From all this, it looks like a lot of work. Um, that also sounds expensive, you know. We're talking about money here with the Browns, remember. So <laughs> I want to know how much this costs to, like, winter storage a, a, a trailer um, you know, and what par- portion of that money is, is coming out of the coyote land pot, you know, just questions we have, okay, here. So, yeah, we get more background about Coyote Pass. Uh, Janelle happens to slide in when she's talking about this, you know, uh, Robin bought a house, and, uh, I've just been holding out on this dream that eventually we'll be able to, to get on old Coyote Pass, but, you know... Robin bought that house. <laughs> I love it. The passive aggressive, passive aggression on this show, it's really, really coming out in full force, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's petty. It gives me good laughs, so I'm, I'm here for it. 
Um, Janelle says, you know, since she's renting an apartment in Flagstaff now, she feels a bit like a failure. I get that. Uh, I want to agree with Janelle. I really do. And I hate to say it, that RV wasn't a great idea. She should have just gotten an apartment in Flagstaff, frankly, um, from the get-go and just kept chugging away at paying off Coyote Pass, I guess. But, (laughs) yeah. Then we get another talking head. Cody, though, explains this whole thing away and said, you know, Robin didn't want to buy. But she ended up, you know, she had a rental. Same thing with Mary and Janelle. But but Robin's house just got sold out from underneath her. So she had to buy her $900,000 house. Mind you, this was like in 2018 she bought this. So that house is probably well over a million and a half dollars now with the housing market. Um, and so now Cody is saying, you know, well, Robin bought her house two years ago. And Janelle not buying a house, that's on her. That's on her. All this is on Janelle, buddy. (laughs) And then, of course, we get St. Robin popping up in the talking head. Um, You know, she never wanted to buy a house, guys. But, you know, she wants to be out on the property more than anybody, okay? Robin's never wanted to own that house. That She is in golden handcuffs living in that massive hoarding den. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) Mm-mm-mm. So... Oh, where's my notes? Here we go. Okay. So now we're back at the trailer and Cody shows up in a power visor, some work gloves. He's got an empty truck bed. He's ready to go. He's ready to bark some orders. Um, And it is so clear that they are not on the same page with, with each other at all. It is so obvious that Cody has not been helping with this situation at all. And he's just showing up because they're filming. Um... You know, like, he thinks that they just have, like, a couple of things to throw in the truck bed and they're ready to go. And Janelle's like, uh, yeah, I got, like, the sewer line that's in the the shed storage. She's still got, like, bunches of pillows and shit that she's taking out of the bedroom. I'm like, I don't think Cody has helped at all with this. This is just him showing up with the truck and being like, you got your shit? (laughs) So, that was kind of obvious. Um... Janelle, we see her in a talking head, and she then tells, you know, her and Cody's relationship has really been struggling since COVID. Um, You know, and and like we heard all last season, Cody doesn't think that her boys were being safe. In some ways, they weren't, but also he was just an absent father, too. So, you know, um, all that type of stuff that was talked about last season with Gabe and Garrison not, you know, understanding why they can't spend time with their dad, him being really just, yeah, wishy-washy. He forgot Gabe's birthday, you know? That isn't because of COVID, bud. (laughs) And Janelle is explaining that this came to a head when Garrison actually, and we heard about this in the talking heads, or I'm sorry, in the, um, what is it called? One-on-ones, the tell-alls at the end of last season, that Garrison, one of Janelle's sons, actually called Robin and essentially was like, hey, can we have our dad back? Because he hasn't been around. Um, Which I'm sure, you know, really pleased Robin and Cody. But Cody took this as then like, oh, they needed to apologize to Robin. Well, of course, then we get Robin's talking head that pops up. And St. Robin, she never needs an apology from anyone. She just needs them back together. 
You could slap Robin across the face and call her a dirty whore. And she'd be like, I don't need an apology. I just need us back together. I just need us back together. <laughs> My hat is in a weird place with all this. <laughs> That's Robin. Okay? So now, now Cody, though, is saying, since people have seen the talking heads of Robin saying she doesn't need an apology... Which I can believe. Like I said, you could smack Robin in the face and call her a dirty whore, and she would not want an apology. Um, And Cody now is just saying, well, there needs to be a conversation that happens. Well, okay, pick up the phone. (laughs) And so because of this, Janelle's pretty much like, my my kids are estranged from Cody, and you know who you don't really want to spend Christmas or, you know, the holidays with? Your fucking estranged family. So... (laughs) Yeah, they aren't going to be together for Christmas. Um, And yeah, like, Cody hasn't made any sort of move towards reconciling with his kids. And here we are, you know. Once again, Cody's done no wrong. Robin is a saint. She never wanted to own a house. She never wanted an apology. She just, kumbaya, baby. She just wants them all together. Um... Cody, then, in a talking head, he knows that Janelle is going out to North Carolina, which is where her daughter, Maddie, and husband, Caleb, and their kids live. But, you know, Cody says he's emotional, he's tender right now from the divorce, and so he's expecting Janelle, you know, to be his boo, to ride or die with him. Um, You know, even though he's been an ogre, you know, as Cody's words. Cody's been a shithead, but still, you know... Cody expects her to be there for him. And really what comes out is that she is, you know, going to spend time with Christine. Because <laughs> Cody just essentially goes into, no, she's not supporting me. Instead, she'd rather spend time with my ex-wife, who doesn't like me. So we always, we know what this ultimately comes down to is that Janelle is going and spending time with Christine. However, yes, you would think in a normal life, Oh, yeah, why would he, you know, that's not right. Janelle should be spending time with her husband. But they're sister wives. They have siblings. Their kids are siblings. And their kids are bonded with one another a lot more than they are with Cody and Robin. So they're going to spend their holidays with them. With Christine and her kids and Janelle and their kids. You know. But like I said, Cody can't take accountability. So how the fuck is he, you know, he's not going to recognize that. (laughs) what he cares is that Janelle is hanging out with his bitch of an ex-wife okay um and so we see flashbacks of you know the big blow-up talk that they had at that fire pit from the season before you know the one where uh Janelle gets up and she's about to leave and she's like you know fuck off but then Robin talks her back into that you know that's also the scene that Robin says do not, or Cody says to Janelle, do not communicate to my kids for me. (laughs) Like, okay, that's a really healthy relationship if you have to tell your, you know, your wife, one of them, that, uh, hey, don't talk to my kids for me because you clearly just aren't communicating what I need you to. Well, then pick up the fucking phone, Cody. Communicate yourself. (laughs) Whatever. God, what a mess. What a mess. Good for fucking Janelle that we know she's out of that. And she's also left Cody. So now we get to go see Christine in her new house up in Salt Lake City. 
And she just looks so happy. You can tell that she is light and bright. And um, when she's filming this, she said she left Flagstaff two months ago. And we're back then. We see Cody in a talking head. Um, bitching about that, you know, Janelle is doing stuff with Christine, but not with them, with him and Robin. And so, you know, he just, he doesn't know what to make of it. He says, Robin, again, is in a talking head, just echoing more of the same shit in her talking head. It's, you know, the same thing before things are tense with Christine moving and, you know, she just can't stomach the idea of them all not being together for Christmas. Well, you weren't all together for Christmas last year because you all were live in quarantine. Um, you know, it, it, and in Robin's mind, you know, ever since she joined the family, they've always done Christmas together, you know. And again, I'm like, yeah, when all of your kids were younger and now your family is getting bigger. And I'm sure, you know, Janelle and Christine aren't going to see all of their kids because they may be gone. It's just like... I get so annoyed with Robin because she's like, everything needs to stay the same forever and forever because I need this for my kids. And it's like, well, your kids need to realize that families change, especially when your dad's a dick, um, you know. And so that's what we have here, Robin. It's not Janelle and, and Christine's fault. It's the nature of the beast. And especially when you have fucking COVID. With all this going on. Whatever. Ugh, this is the thing. Why are we still talking so much about COVID? It's 2023. But in this world, it's 2021. Ugh. Anyways. Um, so now <laughs> we are back at the trailer. You know in Sister Wise fashion, it's a couple of talking heads back to the trailer with, with Cody and Janelle. This show is mostly just talking heads. And then like three different interactions with the the sister wives or Cody combined. Um, so yeah, it looks like two co-workers are just cleaning out this trailer. Um, and then we hear about Cody talking about, you know, people made choices. You know, people made choices to leave me. People made choices to not be safe during COVID. And he's essentially using this as a way to say, so nobody can be a victim here. You know, nobody can complain that I haven't been around because you made your choices. <laughs> um, and then we hear from Janelle, Miss Captain Obvious, and she's saying that the trailer put a really big strain on her and Cody's relationship. Uh, girl, we know. <laughs> we know. And it we saw from the beginning. You know, I think Janelle was hoping it would be, you know, stargazing in s'mores every night, uh, cuddling in a cute little, like, sleeping bag. Uh, but really, it was it was uncomfortable and it was hard work. And she says, you know, Cody got very disillusioned and then blamed Janelle, which sucks because like, instead of being blaming Janelle, he should have been like a good partner and been like, ah, damn, we got to figure this out. <laughs> so back to the Browns weird money issues. When the land Coyote Pass, where originally they were all supposed to build separate houses together on, um... When that land is paid off, Janelle will be able to break ground for her casita that she was planning. And I guess they have to pay off the land in, like, a year. So, like, a year from, like, 2021. So, like, by this talking, it's, like, the land already paid off as I'm, like, speaking. This That was really confusing. So, they can't break ground until this land is paid off, okay? And so... Um, 
that is obviously going to cause a big strife with them. And, you know, Cody likes to argue that they do have the money for a down payment on the house, but they don't have the money to pay off the land. How much is this land, I want to say, because it's in middle of nowhere. I... Anyways, okay. We come back from a commercial. Christine is in Flagstaff visiting, and so she is coming to Kiki at Janelle's apartment. Uh, it looks like to just two single gals putting together an Ikea bookshelf in a new apartment. I love it. This makes me want to spin off with the two of them, like, being out and about in Utah, like, living their lives. Um, you know, Christine and Janelle still refer to themselves as sister wives, and... We hear a little insight that Janelle says when her and Christine first met, like when Christine first came into the family, she thought Christine was a princess and Christine thought that Janelle was bossy. I find it funny she used the term princess as we've heard people refer to Christine as like Mormon royalty because <laughs> her uh, grandfather was really, you know, high up and hunted down in the AUB and stuff in the Mormon church. But, you know... Janelle said, or sorry, Christine pretty much says, you know, if, if the girlies can call their best friend a sister wife, then, you know, me and Janelle can too, which I, I would agree. <laughs> you know, if girls that haven't even lived sister wife life can call their bestie a sister wife, I think two women that have lived the life can. <laughs> um, and of course, Janelle and Christine are talking and the apartment is much simpler than a fifth wheel trailer. Go figure. And we're also seeing little Savannah in the background. She's like the forgotten child of the Brown family. It's nice to see her, you know, she's kind of like older high school age now. Well, in these episodes, shit, by now she, I think she's graduated. And yeah, she's, she's very, I don't know, like she's always just been the most forgotten child, but also she seems like so nice and down to earth and yeah. <laughs> Christine at this point is talking to Janelle about like, oh, so are you still planning to build and whatever? And she seems genuinely shocked when Janelle says yes. Um, you know, I forgot that Janelle had made plans up for her house, like building plans for her house, but she didn't show Christine. I think Christine had moved away at that point. Um, so she's breaking them out to show Christine. And, you know, Christine's being supportive. She's supporting her fellow sister wife. A woman wanting to do her own thing. She knows, Lord, in this family you have to. Uh, but she knows that the property's not paid off. <laughs> and like I mentioned before, like I, I think I just said this a few minutes ago, like Cody, um, he does not expect the property to be paid off by spring. He, like everything, these sister wives say one thing and Cody's like, no, that's the complete opposite of what actually is going on. Um, but, you know, what am I supposed to do? It's not like I could communicate to anybody. So he does not expect the property to be paid off by the spring. Um, so are, at this rate, or is it even paid off by now? Like Janelle and Cody are on completely different pages. Um, it's so obvious. Cody wants nothing to do with Coyote Pass anymore. He just wants to sell this at some point to make a profit. And I think Cody's just dragging his feet to hope that Janelle will give up. But... You know, Janelle's heels are dug into that contaminated, prairie dog shit-ridden Coyote Pass dirt. So she's ready to go. She's not giving up. Um, again, we see Cody in more of a talking head blaming Janelle. You know, 
saying that coming up with the money for Coyote Pass is really hard, but you know, getting a down payment for a house, nah, that's nothing. That's not, we could send down payments out all day, buddy. <laughs> um, but of course, to, to Cody, Janelle just keeps poo-pooing that idea. And so she's really putting the family in a bad position, according to him. It's all her fault that Coyote Pass isn't paid off. Then we see Janelle in a talking head. And, you know, she says that this argument about the money has put them at a standstill. Duh. And Janelle disagrees. She reminds us again they had money to put towards Christine's house and Robin's house. Um, and she knows, you know, she's got to look out for number one. Nobody is prioritizing her, it seems like. So, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so now we're getting into, I, I don't even know what the fuck this was. They're putting together this shelf thing. And then they're talking about, like, Oh, he used to say he needed a beautiful assistant, Cody, when he was, like, putting shelves together. Uh, probably just something to, like, make him feel manly and, like, a woman is fawning over him. But, okay, whatever. Um, and at this point now, Janelle is telling Christine that they are not going to spend the holidays together. Um, and she gives her, Janelle gives Christine the whole gist that the boys owe him, well, Cody thinks that the boys owe him apology. Uh, I like it that Janelle calls it a disagreement. <laughs> um, and then we hear from Cody that the whole reason they are in this place, that they aren't talking, they aren't doing Christmas together, uh, is because he doesn't want to have a holiday experience where they haven't cleared the air. And they don't want to have some disagreement about politics or, or COVID or it devolve into some angry conversation, you know. Um, because in Cody's words... That's a stupidity he won't bring in his house for the holidays. So in his mind, he, what he's saying, because he loves to like convolute things and make things just untangible to even like come up to, a, come up with a conclusion for, he needs to have a conversation with his sons first before the holidays so that something like politics or COVID or some other angry conversation doesn't come up. So, essentially, you need to talk to them so they don't end up bringing up why you've been a shit father and haven't been around, is what it is. Because you know that if it's the first time you see them at Christmas, they're going to bring it up. <laughs> but that's stupidity, in Cody's mind, um, when most people would call that uh, trying to bring things up problems in the family. You know. But what do I know? I'm just... <laughs> not Cody Brown. Back to Christine and Janelle putting the bookshelf together. Christine seems really shocked by this, that they aren't doing Christmas together. And um, Christine then asked Janelle, like, oh, is me leaving causing any problems? <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't. Like, no, her these problems aren't Christine's fault. But uh, I think Cody is acting and taking his anger out on Janelle for sure. Um, it's also kind of weird that they're having this, this conversation in front of Savannah. Like, they're, like, just straight up talking about how Cody is mad as hell at Janelle for hanging out with Christine and for Christine just leaving and he's taking that anger out on his other wives and, like, Savannah's just there like, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, so Christine brings up a really great point, uh, you know, because... Janelle is saying 
Cody doesn't want to make any effort. He wants everybody to come to him, you know, but Christine will point out Cody loves to blame that the family was falling apart on her and that um, Cody loved to blame like her relationship with her sister wives was, you know, her fault and, you know, therefore Cody not loving her is her fault and that's her making, you know, and Christine says, so isn't that the case for Cody with his children? Mm-mm-mm. good point good point um you know pretty much janelle and christine hit it on on the nail perfect hit the nail on the head perfectly cody just doesn't want to put the work in and the wives are saying like dude sorry but you put on you took on this role as the the husband in a plural family like that's your responsibility bud <laughs> you know and like cody said few scenes earlier choices were made choices were made cody to have a massive fucking family how do you deal with that in a pandemic it's hard right Mm, it's hard turns out maybe it isn't so easy and it's not always on the women to make this family work (laughs) so now cody this makes me really laugh he's bitching that janelle just undermines his authority and leadership in the family you know according to janelle if it wasn't or according to cody if it wasn't for janelle's ass just always undermining him with the children he could be a leader and he should be a good leader in spite of these women undermining him um but you know in cody's mind the mothers they just they have the exposure to his children so you know the leadership can't be affected it's always someone else's fault And so therefore, you know, how is Cody supposed to be a leader when these fucking women just keep getting in the way, man? They just undermine him. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Yeah, so Janelle essentially comes back to like, yeah, I should be, you know, I really want to be there for Cody, but like, it's hard to be in a good relationship if he's estranged from our kids. And she even says like, it feels really wrong to her. And a big part of her relationship with Cody was how engaged and how good of a father he is. And now she's like, she doesn't even know this guy anymore. And I totally could see that. Like, he's just a dick now. And I, sure, yeah, I get it. He's getting a divorce. He's upset about Christine leaving. But, like, he's upset about Christine leaving because, like, she got to leave. And he doesn't get to, essentially. Um, And to that, it's like, tough cookies, bro. Like, Oh, I had the things I could say about him. Anyways, so now we get into this conversation with, like, the most awkward conversation ever with Mary and Robin. (laughs) I, like, I wanted to crawl inside of my skin when this was going on. Mary comes up to Robin's door, freezing her ass off. She brings, like, this little throw blanket with her. And Robin then makes sure she comes out and she has, she has to remind us that Cody still gives Mary Christmas gifts. You know, and he goes, um, I thought Mary, I thought... Cody gave you some coats for Christmas, you know? Don't you remember, Mary? Well, Mary, I guess, forgot. Um, and since nobody is allowed inside of the brown house, uh, especially Mary, they are going to talk and freeze their asses outside, off outside. So Robin then offers her a blanket, but then comes out with Cody's coat. And um, we hear from Mary that her and Cody only see each other, essentially, when she goes over to Robin's house. And Mary has heard Cody refer to her as a friend. And then Mary, in a talking head, she kind of comes up and she goes, but I think friends talk to each other more than her and Cody do. Mary, 
Listen to yourself. This... <laughs> and this was in... Like, they were filming these talking heads in, like, 2022. So, like, the news of them splitting came in, like, early 2023. She thinks this... Oh, she thinks this man that calls her a friend are... They're gonna reconcile. Stop! Stop it, Mary. You're making me upset with this. So, Robin brings... Uh, brings out a coat of Cody's to wear. And this is literally when I wanted to... I was cringing so hard I was gonna pass out. Desperate-ass Mary... She is just like, oh my god, it would be like having a hug from him. Uh, Are we? Seriously? Seven to eight years. Seven to eight years, people. Remember that. And Robin says, I can squeeze you while I put it on. And dead ass. Mary, I think, is she... Maybe she's trying to sound a little sarcastic, but she's like, yes, please. Almost like, please, favorite wife, give me whatever sliver of our husband who doesn't consider himself married to me whatever you can spare robin and then literally robin at this point puts the coat on her and goes you can just close your eyes and then they like hug i i'm dead i when i watched this i was like stop it mary oh i wonder what mary thought when she saw that watching it at home oh my god why it was so bad Mary then in a talking head is reflecting, you know, Cody would give his, her, his coat to her. And uh, now it's, it's Robin that has to be chivalrous for him. And I am loving this passive aggression that's coming out of Mary because it is so hot. It's, it's so piping. It's just right there in your face like, oh yeah, Cody would give his coat to me. Now his favorite wife is chivalrous to me. <laughs> Letting the chopper spray. So Mary is now talking about the holidays, blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, flashbacks about talking with Christine and her leaving, all that type of stuff. Robin essentially and Mary want to talk about how they're the ones sticking together and that they're going to do holidays together because no one else seems interested, according to Robin. Um, You know, and then Mary seems very kind of like, Robin asks her, oh, are you going to be around? And Mary's like, um, yes, if, if that's okay, you know, just very much of like, I'm here, whatever you want. And I can tell a little bit of that is just to be like, hey, Cody, I'm fucking here. So don't keep saying that I'm not trying, but it is a little pathetic. <laughs> um, and of course, Robin is saying, you know, she's just struggling and she doesn't get who these people are. Okay. And we'll see like in this episode, Robin, like, I think she's trying to come off or like, not accuse anybody, but I think is maybe trying to insinuate, like, the Brown family duped her. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's funny that Robin then brings up, oh, you know, I'm so grateful that Mary isn't giving up on our family, but isn't it ironic that, uh, isn't it ironic, um, (laughs) that she wants to keep working it out, but, uh, her and Cody have the worst relationship ever. Uh, yeah, that's ironic and fucking depressing. So keep rubbing in that salt into the wound, Robin. Keep doing it. Um, and then we see this sad-ass flashback of their Thanksgiving from 2020, which, I mean, is understandable. Everyone's Thanksgiving, I think, from 2020 was pretty sad. But it's like Cody, Robin, their kids, and then, like, weird Aunt Mary, essentially, there, just like, Hi, I brought the Rice Krispie turkey. Very, very awkward. Um, you know, now 
Oh, I, I don't even want to talk about that. Oh, my. Okay, Catherine, you can do this. Okay. We get to who's going to cook the turkey. You know, Robin is going to do the meat turkey. Uh, and, oh, Catherine, you can do this. You can do this. Mary in a talking head says, you know, Cody used to like my turkey until he had Robin's. Yeah, yeah, Mary, we get it. And then she keeps this desperate-ass cringe fest going. Mine is sweet, hers is savory. He could like both. You know, he did sign up for liking everyone's turkeys. Stop! Mary, for the fucking love of God, keep your dignity. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, God. Oh. I need her to stop. <laughs> oh. oh, when I was watching this, I wanted to cry. I want to cry now, just thinking about how bad this is. And this is the type of, like, passive-aggressive, just... I, I, how else do you describe this as Mary just wants to flat-out say, Fuck you. You used to give it to me. You used to bust my back out, Cody. And now you found Robin, and now you want to bust her turkey out. <gasps> why oh i hate this but i also love it anyways so in back into the awkward conversation um you know she's robin is talking about you know she knows about other plural families and she's trying to find some hope and robin is just like keeps talking about oh there's ways to fix this there's ways that we can make this work but she never really elaborates on what these things are she just talks in very like general terms we can make it work okay <laughs> but now with covid robin thinks that you know the browns are just fake you know she sees the family falling apart and uh you know she's feeling duped and like yeah this has been amplified with covid mary agrees but like i don't think mary wants to fully admit to robin yeah like shit was fucked up to begin with but like you just weren't perceptive to it honey <laughs> you know like Robin is sitting here literally acting like, was there something I was missing? Like, she's acting like there was this whole underground functioning of the family that they were all actively keeping secret from Robin. Um, because Robin is, you know, again saying this whole thing with Christine and Cody just floored me. And, um, you know, this whole thing again of like Robin being so blindsided by everything just... I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Janelle made a point about it last season, too. She said, I don't buy Robin and her ignorance about everything. I just, you know. And she's really trying to lay it on heavy to Robin or onto Mary to be like, were things always this bad? You know, I never thought it would be. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um. Then we see a shot of the next scene starting up where Christine asks Cody to meet up over a, a nice little light Mexican lunch. They want to talk about truly uh, the holidays, blah, 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 blah. Of course, Cody, um, he's being a sourpuss and he really does not want to meet. Sure. Yeah. Nobody really wants to hang out with their ex-spouse, but uh, you have kids to co-parent so <laughs> whatever they show up they have a very very awkward hello and a hug and it's very obvious christine just wants to keep this lighthearted. um and we're seeing the setup of that and now we're back to robin and mary's 
Um, you know, Mary just continues to claim uh, ignorance about not really knowing anything was wrong with Christine and Cody's relationship. You know, Robin is, again, she's like, the family, they were really, you know, I thought everything was perfect. And I came into this family just wanting that. And because remember, Robin um, had a very bad divorce. She was a single mom with three kids. And Cody was her knight in shining armor, <laughs> essentially. She was looking to be the last wife that made Cody's heart complete. And just thankfully, Cody actually fell in love with Robin. And so they have a loving, like, monogamous marriage that he just also happens to have three other wives, too, um, that he doesn't really give a fuck about. So, you know, and I found it funny at one point, Mary even says, you know, like, I don't know if we were just pretending we were perfect or Robin had blinders on. Mary claims that she's not being rude with this statement. However, I think she is. And she's trying to insinuate that Robin had fucking blinders on. Because she did. She did. You know, but now, since they don't want to have Christmas together anymore, and since, you know, the kids dare have problems with Cody, that means everybody else is making this, you know, awful for Robin and... You know, she needed a safe place for her kids when she came into this family. And I guess, you know, everybody else is fucking that up from her now or whatever. It's like, God damn it, Robin, shut up. Like, just because everything isn't so peachy, you know, amazing as it was when you first got married doesn't mean that people are doing this to you. You know, and it's like, she wants to play this, like, deer in a headlights type of act where it's like, I don't know how this happened. Where are we were this perfect family. How did this happen? And it's like, oh, maybe because your husband couldn't take care of 18 fucking kids and neglected a bunch of his wives, and so now they don't want to put up with it anymore? That's how? I don't know. <laughs> fucking weirdo. Anyways, um, then we, again, get the opposite from Cody, and he completely disagrees. He says that the first 20 years of their family was dysfunctional, um, but they wanted it to work really badly, so, you know, they were working to try and make it uh, functional, but it really wasn't. <laughs> of course, Cody coming back in, it was just like, nah, they're totally wrong. Everything that my wives are saying, that that wasn't the case. So then we do hear, you know, Janelle says that once the uh, once Robin entered the family, there was a bit of shakeup and, and things weren't really ever settled again. Now, if we look back, remember, when Robin joined the family, they... Then, for the first time, weren't all living in the same house. They had a wife with kids that were living in a separate house. A wife with kids that Cody was then spending a lot of his time at, which took away time from the other wives. Um, and then from there, right after, they started, like, flying to Vegas and, like, fleeing to, you know, stop their captors from taking them and putting them in polygamy jail. And then they never lived in the same house again. So, yeah, things did shake up and they weren't ever settled again. And Robin doesn't realize that. Like, Robin seriously still will not acknowledge that, yeah, when I came into the family, things changed a lot. <laughs> like, And then Christine also says that um, family traditions also stopped. And the saint that she is, she does not blame Robin. But, um, again, the brown women love to feign ignorance. She doesn't know what happened. But uh, just just them getting together as a family stopped happening um, like I said, because you all got fucking split into separate houses until you guys were then on the cul-de-sac and it seemed like you guys were coming back together again. You know, I don't know, whatever. 
Um, you know, Christine and Robin, you know, Robin says that she doesn't, she knows Christine doesn't believe in their faith anymore. And just another, like, shitty little, like, remark to make. Robin is like, you know, you would think she would choose her family over even not having that belief anymore. You know, fuck you, Robin. Like, I'm sure Christine really had some middle fingers to throw up at the screen with Robin. Like, so you say that type of shit and you really think Christine wants to work things out with you then? Because you think she's not choosing her family? Like, get out of here. You're on such a high horse because you're the favored wife. You, whatever. Um, You know, Mary says she hears people say all the time that, you know, oh, she thinks that she can't go to heaven without being married to Cody, but that isn't the case. Again, she's just laying down that she made a commitment, and that's why they're in this plural marriage, and so she did that because she loves Cody, not because she wanted to get into heaven. I almost feel like doing it because you want to get into heaven is a better reason than doing it for fucking Cody, you know? <laughs> and I'm also thinking, like, yeah, okay, that sounds great if you're doing that to with someone who also wants to be in a committed plural marriage with you, which Cody doesn't, and has said, that's the thing, it's like, Mary, this man has said, like, yes, it's admirable, you have, you made a commitment in your marriage. Cody doesn't value that commitment anymore. He doesn't even recognize that commitment anymore. He, he's taken your marriage license, got that, done. You guys aren't even legally married anymore. And now he doesn't even, he calls you a friend, a friend. Oh my God. Anyways, now this is when Robin gets probably peak insufferable. And what is even better, not even better. Like I give Mary a lot of credit for not just slapping my uh, Robin in the mouth and just being like, are you fucking dumb? You know, Cody's in Robin's mind, she's like saying, Cody is really struggling to figure all of this out. And they need to, you know, they need to carry the torch right now. These are Robin's actual fucking words. You know, Cody's been carrying the torch and he's tired, you know. And Robin is crying in her talking head. And, you know, he's so discouraged. You know, her and Mary and Janelle, they should be giving their teammate a break, you know. They should be giving their teammate a break. <laughs> Are you I can't. I can't. This whole fucking baton toss passing, torch bearing, teammate helping type of analogy. I just, I can't with Robin. It's so, it's so teacher's pet type to me, you know? And then to say this to Mary of all people, the one that you know, Robin knows that Cody doesn't fuck with her anymore. So why? Why are you even bringing this up to her? You know, if it was up to Mary, Mary would be with Cody. It's not up to her anymore. And the way that Robin brings us up, so patronizing, so condescending, I would just be like, shut the fuck up. Go away. Like, you and Cody's coat and your $900,000 house, get the fuck out of here. Anyways, you know, um, and I like the point that Mary makes, uh, is that she's like, yeah, I'm down to be supportive, but like, Cody and I's relationship is so non-existent that, like, I don't even think he would recognize that what I'm doing is giving him support. (laughs) Like, and I think that's a very eloquent way of Mary putting that. 
Um, because I would have said, are you fucking kidding me? Your husband doesn't even like me anymore. So fuck his support, you know, fuck support for me. And, um, and even Mary can recognize, you know, old Cody is down in the spirits. He doesn't smile. He doesn't joke. Sure. All right. We all deserve to smile and joke. Even Cody Brown. I'll give him that. You know, um, and then Robin thinks she's making a good point by this, but then she says, you know, you can really change Cody's tune about somebody uh, if you have, after some, like, good interactions and some connection with him. That can really, you know, change his opinion on somebody. Yeah, that's called conditional love, Robin. That's that's not good. Um, that's when, like, you're pleasing somebody, and so then they reward you with love or, like, good behavior. Um, yeah, that's not good. What Cody should do is... Yes, you want your wife to be nice and caring and loving, but you love them despite when they're not doing that. Um, So, Robin, you're a fucking idiot, once again. (sighs) Um, So they pretty much come to the conclusion that they should talk more and be willing to communicate, even though, like I said, Mary has been around to talk and... Robin, I seriously, I wanted to keep punching my screen. She was like, wouldn't that be so cool, Mary? Oh, how patron, how fucking patronizing, how condescending. Oh, how about we kowtow some more to Cody? Wouldn't that be so cool, Mary? If we could all be together, wouldn't that be so cool? Oh my God, get the fuck out of my face. I, I can't, I can't with that. It's so obnoxious. Does Robin realize she's doing that? Anyways. So now Mary has to uh, give back Robin the the pretend Cody hug. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> um, you know, and Mary says pretty much, you know, we can make it work if we're willing to put the effort in, which she says every season and every episode. And once again, Cody is not willing. <laughs> so we end off the the uh, end off the episode. Back at lunch, Cody is in a talking head saying he's mad and bitter at Christine and, you know, she shit-talked him to their kids. So, uh, in his heart, he just wants to be able to to hate her still. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I gotta give him that. I mean, like, I get it. You want to hate somebody that, you know, you want to hate your ex for a minute. Okay. Um, but still, like, Cody is the most petty person in the world and, like, will hold a grudge until the day he dies about Christine leaving him. Um, and so they're at, they're at lunch and they're talking about Christmas plans, details about all that. And, of course, Cody brings up getting fucking tested for COVID at the end of 2021 when vaccines have been available for a while. Oh, my God. Oh, I hate this. Don't even get me started. Cody is all about, now he's dictating the plans, essentially. And Christine is, like, surprised because she's like, well, wait, you've already had COVID. Um, But Aurora, one of Robin and Cody's daughters, hasn't. So everybody's got to get tested and plan everything to be hunkered down there before they can go see Janelle's kids. And it's just, it's funny. You can tell Christine is fully vaxxed and her kids are vaxxed because she's not even thinking about testing at this point. She's like, wait, why are you still worried? Like... I'm vaccinated and I'm going to be like around family that's also vaccinated. So like, why are we worried about this? But you got to appease King Cody. And so you got to get your, uh, you got to vaccinate. And 
<laughs> whatever. Okay. So yeah, they have to like go over and see Christy, Cody and Robin and truly we'll see them for a few days. Christine will hang out with, with Robin or uh, Janelle and stuff and her kids. And then truly will come and spend the rest of Christmas, New Year's, whatever with them. Um, so then we hear Cody bringing up how he was sick during Gwendolyn's birthday. Gwendolyn is one of Cody and Christine's kids. Uh, and Gwendolyn also recently got married to their wife, uh, to her wife, uh, Bia, I think is her name. So congratulations, mazel tov to them. That's amazing. We love young, happy love. And, um, so anyways, yeah, Cody is bringing up that he was sick and Christine starts laughing about it. Um, and she's laughing at, I guess, how Gwen described Cody when he was talking to her, because we remember from last season, Cody had gotten COVID and it put him in a very dark place mentally. I shouldn't laugh at that. I shouldn't, you know, because if he said he was feeling like he was having a panic attack and he was very depressed, I get, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Mental health is real, but it's just funny with Cody because he's, the fact that like getting COVID made him depressed um, it's interesting because I'm like, you had some way to prevent it, sir, but like, you you got it because you didn't do the right things. Um, <laughs> and that, and this is why it's like, you can so tell that Christine is laughing at him and you know that like Gwendolyn was also probably laughing at him about this because it's like, dude, this was preventable. And now you're fucking claiming that you're in the fetal position crying with COVID because you can't breathe? Like, well, if that was the case, go to the fucking hospital. I, I just, oh my God. Um, and you could tell Cody did not like that Christine started chuckling. And she's trying to make it out to be like, oh no, it was how Gwendolyn explained it to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Christine then in a talking head, she says, you know, I was married to him for 27 years. Every time he got sick, the world had to revolve around him being sick, which that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and, you know, Cody in a talking head at this point, you know, he thinks that Christine is laughing at leaving him, which I don't think Christine is doing that. Christine isn't like, ha, 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 I left you, ha, ha. No, she's laughing at the fact that he was, a, like, going insane over COVID. Um, and Cody was saying, then Cody says, I wasn't laughing. I haven't been laughing with her leaving, you know. I wasn't laughing when she took Truly, when she left early. I wasn't laughing then. So, in, again, in Cody's mind, it's all about Christine leaving. So, you know, it's, he wasn't laughing at her leaving. He was, Christine isn't laughing about that either. She, you guys are on completely different pages. We aren't talking about the divorce, Cody. We're talking about Gwen talking about you with COVID. <laughs> You know, and then in a perfect segue from that, we see Christine in a talking head laughing. Um, and she just goes, my reactions are terrible. I'm so sorry. I'm not married to him anymore. It's so freaking awesome. <laughs> and to that, I say a fucking men. Um, and what a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Like, I really am having a ball watching Christine just have a ball, not being married to Cody Brown anymore. And um, like I said, this, this episode, it wasn't the most exciting, but I think it's, it's a good, you know, we're brewing, we're brewing up for some good stuff. Uh, clearly, like I said, Janelle and Cody are going to go head to head with stuff. Um, and yeah, like I just, 
the way that Cody keeps doubling, tripling, quadrupling down and not taking any accountability. 18 seasons, man. Can he go for another? Another seat? Wow. It also makes me feel terrible to think that I've been watching this show for that long. It's a good thing I'm in therapy. It's a good thing I'm working on myself, you know? <laughs> we all are unwell in our own ways. Um, but anyways... I am so happy to be back. It was really fun to be on the mic again. I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Um, follow the podcast on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV. You can email me at Adventures in Reality TV at gmail.com. Um, give the podcast a five star rating wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And yeah, just let me know what you're watching, what you're enjoying. Um, oh, have you been enjoying Real Housewives of OC? Like, talk about some good housewives too. Like, the return of Tamra. I hate to say it, it's been good. It's been good. I'm I'm parched right now. I can't talk anymore. Because um, I even wanted to get into Below Deck and, and the crazy stuff that was happening on Below Deck Down Under. Oh, it just means that I got to get back on the mic here soon. So, with that... Um, Thank you again for listening. I am feeling good, feeling great, and I'm happy to be back on the mic, and I hope to talk to you all very, very soon. So with that, be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye! This has been a production of See Money Entertainment. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV or email us at adventuresinrealitytv at gmail.com.